We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged one person will stand up upon a single person and then everybody else will stand a gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs a tampa bay pastor has been arrested sentenced to a week in she jail she also and tore up a cease and desist letter we have a posterity waiting for us to say we will not comply so you will be free We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we back down at the grace? Rise and shine, liberty loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had to take some time off last week. I know that I missed you. Uh, We also started our brand new, remember I told you last week about the new short segment that we're going to be starting, Wake Up Chris Ann Hall, and I'm going to be talking to you about that today as well because we started episode, ah, episode number one today. I'm so excited about that, and it's just going to, just to give you a little um, idea of the premise. It's just a one topic thing, just a little teach show thing, something you can share. I'm shooting for 20 minutes or less. We went 20 minutes this morning. I don't know. Raise your hand. Did you catch it live? And then today, and just like usual, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have our, uh, Chris Ann Hall show. JC is not with me today, but he'll be back with us on Wednesday. But we do have somebody uh, behind the scenes today. So excited to have someone with us today, Christian. You can't see him, but he's the one that's going to be driving the submarine today. And I'm really, really excited to have Christian on board. Christian is a good young man who wants to help us reach that 
new level of professionalism. And so everybody give Christian a round of applause. We're happy to have him with us. And you're going to be able to see the quality of our program just go each uh, each week as uh, Christian and his skill starts showing through. This is our first episode together. So we'll have a little bit of wiggle room there, Christian. I won't, I won't be uh, uh, judging because you can't read my mind. Christian is not old enough to be married yet, so he doesn't know that you're supposed to learn how to read a woman's mind. <laughs> so we're excited to have Christian with us, uh, and he's going to be in the studio with us and doing all the production stuff. You know we've been talking about this for a while, so we're excited to have Christian with us. So Christian, today is um, the day we celebrate Martin Luther King. And so I want to share with you this quote that JC put up on his Instagram. Uh, Apparently, former U.S. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice made this comment. He, meaning MLK Jr., believed that America didn't have to be something else. It just had to be what it said it was. And I think that's a really good way to say that. Because that's exactly, interestingly enough, exactly what Frederick Douglass said back when Frederick Douglass was speaking to the people during the Civil, uh, around the Civil War time. And so America does not have to be anything but America. A constitutional republic that's built on these foundational principles, that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, which, by the way, our founders, in spite of what the 1619 Project might try to say, in spite of what your textbook might, modern textbooks or your or your modern professors or your vetted textbooks, as they were, uh, try to teach you, um, the founders Jefferson and those who helped write the Declaration of Independence when they said, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They actually meant all of humankind, men, women, all colors, all races, all over the planet. I just, it's just interesting. I was teaching class the other day and I wanted to point out to them, I said, look, this Declaration of Independence is not a statement that is owned by the United States. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That is not an American principle. That's a humanity principle. That is a biblical worldview principle. Liberty belongs to all of humankind. It's just our government that had the wisdom and the knowledge and the courage to actually form a government on that basis, that foundation. And that's all MLK, that's all Condoleezza Rice is saying that MLK wanted, where people will be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin, which is completely opposite of, of critical race theory, by the way. Completely opposite of the, uh, the 1619 Project. Okay, we're not. Martin Luther King did not want to reestablish 
any type of criteria in any way, shape, or form where people looked at each other's skin and said, okay, you deserve this, you don't deserve this. That is not what the civil rights movement was standing for. And the very sad thing is, and, you know, as as a student and professor of history, as a student and professor of human nature, the saddest, saddest thing of all is the understanding of how things play out over time. In any society, America, you know, Rome, whatever, whenever you have a majority oppressing a minority, there are two things that become, by human nature, unavoidable. Two things. Number one, today's majority will be tomorrow's minority. There's always a shift over time. The minority over time will assume an authority, become the new majority, maybe not in numbers, but in power and strength. And then number two happens. It's weird. It's very sad. I think it's, it's really a testimony of the depraved nature of humankind. The minority that was oppressed, sad to say, never learns from that oppression never comes out of that oppression with the mentality. Now, some may, but not as a whole. When you're talking about mob mentality as a whole, the minority that comes out of oppressive society rarely, 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 rarely ever comes out with the understanding of, wow, that really sucked. That really, really sucked for me. I don't want to do that for somebody else. Love your neighbor as yourself. I don't want to do that to someone else. Rarely, rarely, rarely will ever anybody come out of that situation. No, the self-evident, the time-tested truth is this. Man, you were really ugly to me when I was a minority. Man, you were really oppressive to me. Man, that really sucked. But guess what? I'm the one in power now, so I'm going to do it to you too. If you're a real psychologist... If you're a real sociologist, if you're a real anthropologist, you understand this is how it works. And maybe, just maybe, you take a minute and try to teach people that that's not how you react when you were the minority oppressed and now you're the majority. But that's where we are. And Martin Luther King would not approve of any discrimination based on any skin color. And that's why he said it that way. So that was my little 50 cents worth on the holiday that we do today. JC and I were sitting down and watching a movie the other day, an old movie, an old 90s movie. How many of you remember Johnny Mnemonic? Anybody out there remember Johnny Mnemonic? We're watching this, and this is the opening scene, guys. This opening scene comes up, and JC's like, wait, 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 you got to rewind that. i got to take a picture of it. Look at what it says. Second decade of the 21st century. Uh, that would be us, wouldn't it, Christian? The second decade of the 21st century. The second decade of the 21st century, corporations rule. The world is threatened by a new plague. 
The NAS, nerve attenuation syndrome, fatal epidemic. Its cause and cure unknown. The corporations are opposed by the low-techs, a resistant movement risen from the streets, hackers, data pirates, guerrilla fighters, in the, <laughs> are you ready for this? In the info wars. I mean, seriously, guys, I'm going to look this up on my phone really quick because I forgot to, to, to tell you. Johnny Mnemonic, 1995. 1995. We just thought that was really funny. So if you haven't seen Johnny Mnemonic, uh, go back and watch uh, Keanu Reeves, if you can do that. <laughs> Look, I am a huge Keanu Reeves fan, but it's, it, 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 it's not because he's a Leonardo DiCaprio level actor, okay? I just like him because I like the movies that he's in. And, he, and I really, 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 really like John Wick. You like John Wick, Christian? <laughs> He's going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, so on with, oh, isn't that crazy? You know why they can do those things? You know how they predicted the future? It's just exactly what I told you. It's what Solomon said in the Bible. N there is nothing new under the sun. Human nature never changes. Sci-fi doesn't predict the future. It takes history and puts a new and puts new names, faces, and 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 uh, scenery behind it. That's all they do, and and that's why it looks like it predicts the future, but it's not. Hey, um, Christian, give us that news. Medical life sciences. You guys know. Uh, just for those of you who uh, hold on, Christian. Let me give this to them. For those of you out there who are about to say, Chris Ann's an attorney. She needs to stay in her wheelhouse. She doesn't need to be talking about medicine and the body and whatever. Okay, those of you longtime listeners, you will know I'm going to answer this question. I was a biochemist. Not only was I a biochemist, but I was a biochemist for a pharmaceutical company in research and development. So this is still within my wheelhouse. Go ahead, Christian. Give us this. This um, this is on my Instagram now. Remember, if you're going to follow me on Instagram, I'm at chrisann.hall. I am currently not in Instagram jail, although I am recently paroled from Instagram jail. I'm not quite sure if you're going to be able to find me on Instagram yet, but the exact way to find me is to type in my exact name at Chrisanne, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E. -N -N -E. It's down there on the bottom, uh, dot hall. Okay. So minute to minute developments. That's what Instagram is for. Instagram and Facebook for minute to minute developments. Follow me there. You can get them or you can wait till the show. I don't know. It's up to you. I saw this article. Long term. Can you scroll down there a little bit? Just a, t a hair. There you go. Oh, that's right. Long term use of blood pressure medicine could could be contributing to kidney damage. This is new kidney research from the University of Virginia. Now, let's be very clear, as I posted here on Instagram, these blood pressure meds had typical clinical trial times of a minimum of a decade, a minimum of 10 years. 
a minimum of 10 years clinical trials before approval by the FDA. Most of the time, 12 or more. Now, so many years after clinical trials, now they are discovering that these meds may be bad for kidneys. So what could possibly go wrong with injections into the body that have had no clinical trials? And how long before we're told how this will be bad for our body? See, there's a reason for clinical trials, but even clinical trials themselves are not a guarantee. And by the way, just as a little reminder, um, that uh, just because they had clinical trials doesn't mean that they're 100% safe. I'll remind you of every pharmaceutical ad you have ever seen on TV where the list of side effects is longer than the commercial for the drug itself. So be a thinker. Be a self-thinker. Don't be somebody who believes what they say. And don't be somebody who thinks that the government is here to help you. I'm pretty sure it was Ronald Reagan who said the scariest words are, I'm the government and I'm here to help you. And I'm fairly sure that every founder of America would have echoed that in a different way in an old style English. Just saying. So anybody want to hear the breaking CDC discovery? CDC has discovered a new cure. Are you ready? Here we go. Corporate money. <laughs> Check that out. CDC drops mandatory protocols for cruise lines and shifts to a voluntary program. Now, Fauci Gnome would tell you, Ah, oh, bodies in the streets, bodies in the streets. Everybody's got to get jabbed. No exceptions. You've got the federal government actually creating a database to keep track of federal workers and military personnel who are requesting religious exemptions. Creating a database of all the people that are requesting religious exemptions and the grounds, their names, they've requested religious exemptions, the grounds for those religious exemptions. Yes, the federal government is creating that database. Why? Because if you want to go to church, you're the killer of grandma. If you don't want to inject dead baby parts in your body, if you don't want to inject things in your bodies that were created, made through by dead baby parts, you're the enemy in the eyes of the wicked, that is. Unless, of course, you want to go on a cruise. You want to go on a cruise? Oh, you're good to go. No worries. Because the cure is corporate, global corporate power. 
When global corporations need customers, brah, magical cure. Put that one back up there again so people can see that. A magical cure for all that ails you. Big corporate money. I just want you to stare at that for a little bit longer. If you want to go to church, you got to go to jail. I wonder how that thing's... Christian goes to church with me. What do you think, Christian? All the pastors out there who have been telling the uh, unjabbed people that they have to go sit in a different place. They're not allowed to come to church. But now the CDC says, if you want to go on a cruise, you ain't got to be jabbed. I don't even get that. I don't even get that. And here's the question I asked on Instagram. Do you think these people who have turned around, run around with their vaccine insanity, oops, I said the V word, are going to apologize one day to us for all of this? I don't know. I don't know. Moving right along to this top, what our, what our, our topic is today, how the liberal left, notice I didn't say political party, how the liberal left actually fights against minorities and minority rights. Let me show you. Okay. So you guys know that the Supreme Court blocked the Biden vaccine mandates for large businesses, allowed it for certain healthcare workers. Now, I've been seeing lots of things on social media. How is that possible? How can they block one for not the other? Let me give you the legal explanation here. And this is something that's going to be very important for you to understand as we navigate through future cases. Number one, no one on the Supreme Court ever said that vaccine mandates are illegal or unconstitutional. The question before this court was, does OSHA have the authority to issue a mandate? And the court's answer was no, but Congress can do it or the states can do it, but OSHA cannot. That's how they can do it for the, they can allow the mandate for healthcare workers and not for large businesses, because the Supreme Court is saying, okay, well, for healthcare workers, Congress has, uh, the agency has the authority to mandate vaccinations. For large businesses, the agency, OSHA, does not have the authority. So it's not about whether the mandates themselves are constitutional or not. It's whether they were constitutional. Well, mm, mm, just, mm, whether Supreme Court says they're constitutionally authorized or not. I mean, you know, I'm fixing myself because you and I both know that OSHA has no authority constitutionally, and the Supreme Court's never going to address that. Okay, never going to address that. Never. Not until I don't know. That would be an, a miracle, I won't say never, because all things through God is possible. Um, it would be a miracle of epic proportions. It would be bigger than turning water to wine. 
I think it'd be bigger than raising the dead to get the Supreme Court to recognize that there's no authority for these executive agencies. Epic proportions. Okay? So that's the first thing you need to understand. So as we move on to the federal workers, we move on to the military, the question's not going to be, is the vaccine mandate um, constitutional? It's going to be, what exactly is the authority to issue the mandate? And in this case, they uh, are saying OSHA does not, but the healthcare industry does. So let's go to, now I posted on Instagram right after the Supreme Court issued their block. Now remember, this is just an injunction, okay? This is just an injunction. They still have to bring all of the argument before the Supreme Court. All the argument before the Supreme Court. So it could change. We're not out of the we're not out of the dark yet, but this is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. If Barrett, Kavanaugh flip on us during the actual cases on the merits, who knows what's going to happen. But here's what I said right after this happened. I want you to see what I predicted four days ago. All right, scroll there for me. Biden and his administration will tell states, this is what I said four days ago, that if they do not impose a vaccine mandate, then they will pull federal funding. Because remember, the Supreme Court did not say why. It did not say that the, the, that the, mandate was unconstitutional. They said that OSHA is not allowed to mandate it, but the states can mandate it and Congress can pass a law. Congress not going to pass a law. They're running out of time to do anything. Midterms, once midterms comes, they're going to lose so much majority, they're going to be unable to do anything. And they know that. They do that. Okay. So now, because Supreme Court said, well, the states can issue mandates, Now, I said four days ago, yes, the Supreme Court said you can do this. So now we will pull your federal funding. Go ahead and scroll again. And this could be one of the best things that's ever happened to America. This could be the beginning of the emancipation of the states from federal servitude. This could be the realization of the states. Bring, bring me back. Um, no, I'm, I mean up on the big screen there. Yeah. This could be the end of federal control over the states. We're actually going to go to the next Instagram. Christian, we're not going to go the rest of those slides. But four days ago, I said this. Look what happened three days ago. The Treasury Department warned the state of Arizona that it would not send them federal funding if it doesn't apply the COVID measures. Now, this isn't about the Jabberwocky, right? Not yet. But you see, it's exactly what I told you. We will pull federal funding if you do not impose our vid restrictions on your people. 
exactly what I told you four days ago happened exactly the very next day I said it. Now, here's the kicker, guys. This is the best thing that could happen to America. Because you see, our states need to realize. Our states need to realize that it costs them more to take federal money than it does to turn it down. You don't need federal money. Federal money costs you more than they give. With the red tape, with the agency personnel that you have to have, you have to hire so many people you don't need. You have to comply with so many regulations you don't need. You have to pay so much money you don't need. I'm not saying that you just let people run willy-nilly murdering people in the streets and, and, you know, whacking baby seals on the head and burning down trees and dumping crud in the water. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's not the federal government's role to do this. If you want to do it, do it at the state level. And it'll cost you a lot less and you will have greater prosperity as a state and greater independence as a state than you cannot imagine. The best thing that could happen to America is the states to say to the federal government, fine, I don't want your funding. Now, it's, a, it's like a drug. If you've ever watched someone come off of a heavy addiction, come clean. Can I just give you the warning that it's not pleasant? Weaning the people of a state off federal drug money is not going to be pleasant. There'll be panics. People will be freaking out. People will be scared. People will have to tighten the belt a little bit until you get the whole system running again. But here's the one thing. I was a prosecutor for over a decade. I saw people on drugs. I saw people clean off drugs. Do you know what I can guarantee you? I have never seen a person come completely clean from drugs and say, man, I felt better when I was on drugs. Every single one of them said, I never knew how great it was to be alive. I never knew how great it felt to be healthy. If you can get your state off federal drug money, you can know what it's like to live in a healthy state. Healthy, liberty, prosperous state. Now let me show you what Sotomayor, Supreme Court Justice Sotomayor said, and how this actually, yeah, that one right there, how this actually ties into this mentality That this liberal left is not really fighting for minorities. They're actually opposed to it. Now, what I have for you is the transcript from the oral arguments regarding the OSHA mandate. And those of you who are listening to the podcast and not watching us on YouTube or on Facebook, on Twitch or DLive or Rumble, I'm going to read it for you. Justice Sotomayor says, so what's the difference between this and telling employers 
where sparks are flying in the workplace, your workers have to be wear masks. Why is the human being not like a machine if it's spewing a virus or blood-borne viruses? Are you questioning Congress's power or desire that OSHA do this? I want you to I want you to understand this. I want you to see what's happening. Sotomayor literally has said if a machine in the workplace is spewing hazardous materials, it is within OSHA's authority to regulate that machine. And she says, what's the difference between a machine and a human being? If OSHA, and there it is right there. Go ahead and put that one up there, Christian. Why is the human being not like a machine? This liberal leftist Supreme Court justice is invoking an old Supreme Court precedent that people are property. Right? That's the only way you can make an analogy. I'm not, these are not my words. I'm reading them. Why is the human being not like a machine? Because a human being has natural God-given rights and a machine does not. Because a human being has a right to be free in their conscience. A human being has a right to be free in bodily autonomy. A machine is not a human being. And a human being is not a machine. But. This is old precedent. This is not nothing, this is not anything new for the Supreme Court. And those justices like Sotomayor, who have no respect for life and no respect for liberty and no respect for human freedom, this is no different. This is actually, this is the picture one we need. This is actually the resurrection of, of an old Supreme Court case. It's called Dred Scott v. Sanford. You guys probably, I don't know if you learned this in history class, but here's a picture of Dred Scott. Here's the backstory. Dred Scott and his family were slaves. The person who owned Dred Scott, went to live in Wisconsin and then moved to Illinois. At which point Dred Scott filed in Illinois court the 
authority for his freedom. You see, because in Illinois and in Wisconsin, slavery was illegal. And the laws of that state said that if a slave owner lives in that state for more than four years, slavery of those people are abolished. So if you're a slave owner and you choose to live in a state that outlawed slavery, the laws of that state said, you're here more than four years, you've made your decision, you now have to abide by our laws and slavery is now illegal. And so Dred Scott said, hey, you've been living in this free state for long enough now, I'm actually a free man. And so he sued for the free, his freedom and the freedom of his family. And it was the Supreme Court in Scott v. Sanford. The justice's name was Tanny. Who said, no, it doesn't matter where you live, Dred Scott. Because slaves, even freed slaves, are not citizens. And because you were a slave, even though you may be free now, you cannot sue because you're not a citizen. Do you realize how wrong that is? Who says a non-citizen can't sue? you have any cases in the court system there are of foreign people suing Americans and American corporations. I mean, that's what the whole federal court system's all about. But not only that, the lie that the court, this activist judge who had no respect for life, who had no respect for liberty, that was a slavery activist judge, said never in America has a slave been recognized, a freed slave been recognized as a citizen. That is a flat out lie. It is a historical lie. It is not even true. Even before Americans were free as states, even when Americans were living as British subjects in a colony, when slaves became free, they were citizens. They ran for office. They held property. How else would Anthony Johnson be able, this black man, be able to own slaves? It was Tanny who was an activist judge, a pro-slavery judge, an anti-liberty judge, an anti-life judge, an anti-humanity judge, who said, Dred Scott is property, he can't be a citizen. And go ahead and put that back up there, Christian. No, 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 the Supreme Court case. That's okay. (laughs) There you go. Yep, that one. Put that one back up. I want you to see. This is exactly what Sotomayor is saying. Why is the human being not like a machine? 
Dred Scott, arguably the worst Supreme Court case in the history of America. And now we have a modern Supreme Court justice using its same line of arguing in 2021. You know, the leftist leftist liberals that are supposed to be on the sides of the minority actually invoking the same case that made minorities permanent property in America even in a state that said they were free. These people are liars and they're despicable. And I don't understand. I do not understand why no one is talking about this. Even the talking heads that are our lawyers out there, why is nobody talking about this? The words were right there on your screen. I read them to you. Why is the human being not like a machine? You know what she's saying? Because the human being is like a machine, the government can regulate a human being like it regulates a machine. In the workforce, these leftist liberals believe that you are property. Not me, guys. It's their own words. And yet you have the same thing going on with the filibuster, right? This week, the Senate will be talking about voting rights and filibusters. Voting rights. Voting rights. What a joke. And the filibuster. We'll start with the filibuster. Do you realize the filibuster has been around before America? We didn't start using it until the mid-1800s, but it's been parliamentary rules forever. Even before we had parliamentary rules in America. And the purpose of the filibuster is to keep a majority from running over a minority when there is a slim margin. You see, you have a representative body in the Senate. And in this representative body, when there is a strong majority in favor of a certain piece of legislation, then it passes. When there is a strong majority against a piece of legislation, then it fails. But it's in those slim margins that the filibuster is a tool to actually protect whatever side the minority is from being run over by the majority. The filibuster is a protection for minority opinion. And yet here we have again, the leftists. Notice I didn't say Democrat. The leftists trying to get rid of a protection for the minorities. Now, I did a show today on the uh, nationalizing voting rights. That was the first episode of uh, Wake Up, Chris Ann Hall. You can go ahead and share it. Actually, there you go. Woohoo. All right. Go, Christian. He's awesome. This is the very first episode of. Chris Ann Hall's Wake Up, just our short 
thing. Look, I just streamed it three hours ago. And I'm going to explain to you the Constitution and federalizing elections. Just go ahead and play a few minutes, a few seconds of it. Federalizing elections. This has been in the news stream. You've heard lots of hype, lots of freaking, lots of everybody uh, having their own discussion, their own take. But here with us, there's only one standard, the Constitution. So I don't care what the Democrats have to say. I don't care what the Republicans have to say. What I care about is what is the standard of government have to say about this? Okay, now, great. Let's bring me back now. If you want to know more about how the leftists are trying to destroy minority rights through federalizing elections, okay, then go to my YouTube channel, go to my uh, Twitch, DLive, Rumble, Facebook. I don't think I said that yet. And I'm actually going to post it on Instagram as well and watch my explanation of that because I'm not going to get into that argument today. That's what these short shows are for, single subjects to get it done. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. I just realized when I was training Christian on this, I forgot to tell him what to do when the show is over. <laughs> He's looking at me going, yeah, right, right, you didn't. All right, so anyway, we are so glad to have you with, with us. Remember, like and share. Like and share. Not only like and share, if you're watching us on Facebook, if you're watching us on YouTube, take the time to subscribe and ask for the notifications because otherwise you won't get the notifications when we go live. Also, when you're watching, make your comments below. The more comments that you make, the more the uh, algorithms will put us out to other people. Share, share, share. The more you share, the more the algorithms will let us be seen. And when you leave comments, please make take the time to leave a comment about something you found interesting in the show, something you liked in the show. Because when people scroll through the com uh, comments and they see, wow, this was a great show. Man, I learned this and this was so important to learn and this is so clear to me now I understand it those kind of things then they know they need to watch too so I want to thank you guys for joining us today like and share remember to watch our movie non-compliant study with us the constitution in American history at libertyfirstsociety.com libertyfirstsociety.com be a member there be the smartest person in any room I would say be smarter than a congressman, but it'd probably be better to say be smarter than a fifth grader because that'd be a higher level. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank you for leaving your comments and JC and I will see you um, on Wednesday. And don't forget to look for episode two of Wake Up with Chris Ann Hall. Now, if you go to the graphics there, what we'll do is we'll go out with the same video we went in. So everybody tell Christian, thank you for the great work that he did today. I'm so happy to be with you guys. God bless and we'll see you next time. We hold these truths to be self-evident. that all men are created equal, 
and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power! And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested. Sentenced to a week in she jail. She also and tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free.